We're live. All right. Thank you. Wednesday, 6.30, Evolve Network. Uh, myself, Sean Carnell, Mr. Adam Wozden, tonight's guest, Mr. J.G. Inoni. Thank you very much, sir, for, for joining us uh, during a hectic schedule of doing some stuff. Um, we're very glad to have you on here. Our show was created a while back. Just if anybody in this earth is having a shit day, come on, have a discussion. Um, you know, we're very interested in people that are hustling and grinding, doing something on themselves. You know what I mean? All, all of us have a story on earth to tell. And, uh, you know, we're very, very glad that you're here to just say hello, meet and greet and see some stuff like that and have some laughs and hopefully meet two people you didn't meet before and, and enjoy their thought prospects in a positive life moving forward. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, uh, it's good to be here. Adam, thank yeah. you very much, sir, for joining us. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys, both of you guys. I was trying to start a watch party on my thing real quick. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, like I was just telling you before the thing, um, you know, I kind of did my homework on you when I found out we were having you on the show and, um, you know, I started seeing, you know, I started watching like your interviews and, uh, movie clips and just like, uh, I seen you on like a podcast recently with like a guy from Atlanta. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm and I'm doing a lot of stuff. I have this movie yeah. I relaunched called scalpers and, um, a lot of people have been reaching out. They want to hear about the movie. Right. They want to know why I relaunched it again. It's a 10-year anniversary. And with, you know, new streaming platforms out there like Vimeo On Demand, I'm able to put my movies and my work out there for the general public to view and to check out. So a lot of people have been reaching out, which is great because the there's so many people watching the movie now and checking it out. I'm getting some great feedback. That's good stuff. What's the, uh, what's the movie about? Uh, Scalpers is about, basically about a guy, uh, Vinny Russo, who gets out of prison and, you know, before he went into jail, he was on drugs, he was a ticket scalper, and he was caught up in the thick of things. And when he gets out, he wants to rekindle his relationship with his girl and his two kids, and, you know, the only thing he knows how to do is to get back into the thick of things, and so he has to, you know, re-strategize and figure out how he's going to make money. The only thing he knows how to do is scalp tickets and hit the streets. Unknowing to him, uh, the mob is slowly creeping into that area because they know, look, there's 40 scalpers down there. They make thousands of dollars. And basically, these guys are all high on drugs. And so, you know, they're good customers if you're selling drugs. And also, you know, they're making thousands of dollars a day selling tickets and that's why they're such good customers so basically i play Vinny, and when i get back you know into the into the neighborhood and into the thick of things uh I, you know i can't really get back with my ex she's got a new boyfriend it's hard to see the kids uh everyone around me's messed up on drugs and all i'm trying to do is stay afloat and and stay sober and I have a better life, and then all of a sudden, some things go down, and I get caught up. It's, yeah, I don't want to give too much away. I yeah. think you guys can check it out, but I don't want to give too much away. But it's action packed. It's got Kevin Weeks in it, who's notoriously known as Whitey Bulge's right hand man. He had a read his book. Yep. Called, yeah, called Brutal. And uh, you know, Kevin's phenomenal in the movie. I mean, the guy showed up. He didn't even act. I mean, he just came in. He was Kevin, and he was scary and. You know, and, and, and he was just phenomenal. And a lot of people oh. want to see him in action and, and see what he brings. So it's another good reason uh, why a lot of people have been streaming the movie. That book, um, that was, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a speed reader, right? If I like a book, I'll even force through 20 pages. If I, you can't get me in, bye. But if I like something, I'll usually like two days, 
that book hours i was like man just the story i read it twice i mean i wrote his movie i wrote the movie also for kevin and you know we've had it in development but it's been up and down and you know it's a tough business and then especially with the competition we had you know the departed was out black mass was out it kind of hurts the chances of us getting kevin's true story out but you know i haven't given up and i do believe that you know in due time his movie will get made and it's been adapted from the book yeah um where is he does he still live in mass he does yeah kevin lives in Selby. okay kevin hasn't gone anywhere kevin didn't do anything to hurt anybody uh you know all he did was i guess uh his deal was to give up the fbi the crooked fbi which he did and then i believe he had to take the stand against bulger when he was brought in uh and arrested and uh you know by then kevin i think realized you know as a young kid he got wrapped up in some stuff and um you know later on you know he he did a short amount of time served and uh you know the big bad guys all went away for life including the fbi so he has a real interesting story to be honest with you yeah i remember him him being furious i think like about when he found out why he was like ratted them out like that was his thing he was like you know what that's not the street code no way uh-uh exactly. exactly yeah he had a good interview on 60 minutes where uh, i believe it was ed bradley he was talking to him letting him know like you know we beat down guys you know guys were killed for giving up for being informants and next thing you know i'm hanging out with the guy that was an informant yeah there was a lot of stuff that was unbeknownst to kevin and i think that's what led him to want to cooperate yeah yep and a lot of families i mean you know you know how the south shore is you know what i mean like yeah. everybody knows somebody that was affected you know what i mean i mean that yeah, absolutely. pain just spread you know what i mean yeah it does you know it's a tough subject and there's a lot of people that including myself that lost their father to the gang wars and the gang violence in boston in the late 70s and the 80s and so i can relate to guys so like whenever someone comes to me i've had people approach me like oh why is he in your movie Oh, why would you do that? You know, my dad was killed. I'm like, my dad was killed too. Yeah. I feel, I feel your pain. But like at the end of the day, I'm an artist. I'm making a movie. And I know Kevin. He never did anything to me. He's my friend. He never did anything to my family. I just know this guy who worked on the projects and was an unbelievable football player and uh, always a gentleman. And whatever I heard on the streets about him and Whitey was none of my business. And, uh, you know, he was a friend. And when I asked him and I said to him, hey, look, you got a million people reading your book. I think you would bring something to my movie idea. And, you know, I have a dream. He was like, what's your dream? I was like, well, you know, I, you know I'm an actor. I've been in some movies and I want to make my own movie. And my dream is to make my own movie and play a lead role. He goes, and you think I can help you do that? I said, yeah. He goes, all right, I'll do it for you. I was like, really? And he said yes. And when he said yes, a lot of other people became extremely interested in this making of this movie, in the process, in wanting to be involved. Like all of a sudden, stores, restaurants, people were like, oh, yeah, yeah, you want to use the store? Or, oh, you want to film outside here? Or, you know, I had some wonderful friends that actually, like one of my buddies, Charlie, owned a barbershop. So he was more than willing to be in the movie and lend the barbershop to the film. And, you know, that's the beauty about South Boston is when a community gets together and they want to help a, a guy from the neighborhood who's just trying to make it and is an artist. 
that was something that was really special that was going on while we were making the movie. I mean, the news came, you know, Channel 7 came down to interview me because at the time I was working with DiCaprio on The Departed. I remember when they came down, I was shooting my own movie and The Departed stuff was going on. And Kevin's in the barbershop. We're doing a scene and he's just watching TV and the news reporter comes in. They knocked at my mother's door in Southie and my mother told them where I was. So they came down with the cameras and the microphones, you know, and they were like, so yeah, this departed and you're shooting your own movie. And how does like the mob feel about this? And I'm looking at her, <laughs> this is hilarious, right? Yeah. Kevin just, Kevin's got his arms folded, he's watching TV. She says that, Kevin goes, and just turns to this, you know what I mean? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I mean, have you ever seen like Kevin <laughs> in the neighborhood? And I go, Kevin Weeks? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen him a lot, actually. I go, she goes, really? What's he like? And I go, why don't you ask him? He's right there. <laughs> she, turns, she turned milk white. She's like, <laughs> I thought you were serious. I go, I am serious. Kevin, he's like, how you doing? Uh, I was like, yeah, oh, my God. She shit her drawers. Here she is being a reporter, asking questions really? on the set of our movie. Kevin's on a break, checking out the TV. And he's fucking right there. And she's got all these whitey Kevin questions. And it was, it was really funny, you know? I mean, yeah. it was just, you know, because people don't expect, you know, to meet a guy like that in that situation or in the presence. They really just, they had an idea that, you know, they, they, they understood I was working closely with DiCaprio and Scorsese. And they wanted to do a story on it. And they knew I was filming a movie in the neighborhood, but they had no idea who was in the movie. But when they showed up, you know, I remember the cameraman, he was like, oh, man, I was a little worried. I was like, why? Kevin's a great guy. He was sitting there minding his business, listening to you guys ask questions. Did he once say anything like, hey, that's not true? Or, Hell, why would you say that? Or Because she said a couple of things that were borderline nasty, like, yeah, those guys killed people. And I go, hey, you know, I don't know. I said, I don't know. I'm not a judge or, you know, I don't know the case. I said, I mind my business. I'm making my movie. I work in the movie industry. And like, when she talked to Kevin, she was like, could you do an interview? He goes, no, don't interview me. Don't turn the camera on me. And they didn't. He, he, and he had the right to say that. They were in a private barbershop that we allowed them to come in to let them film me to talk about The Departed and a little bit about my movie. They learned quick that Kevin was there. The clip is on, uh, it's on YouTube. And you can see Kevin is showing, you know, when we, we were doing a fight scene and we were doing the makeup on my face and Kevin was on the news. Kevin was like, look, you can film me helping Jay out, but that's it. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. unreal. They, they shit their draws, man. It was funny. Yeah. And, uh, I was seeing like, uh, I don't know if you guys got into this. My internet connection kind of fucked up a little bit there, but like the backstory on this, like you talking about scalpers, right? Yeah. The movie, like man, how you got into that. Don't, like, release, at, don't release the story, dude. That's oh, it. I'm just saying, no, like, he was talking about this on another podcast. Like, yeah. like basically, like, how you got into this. Like, as a young kid, um, yeah. somehow you got a hold of a ticket to, like, a Celtics game. Yeah. And you ended up selling it for 20 bucks so you can go play your favorite video games for the night. Yeah. And at a certain point, you started putting together, and you had, like, wait a minute. I think I see an opportunity here. Yeah. And you started <laughs> building this thing, that, like, this street smart, just, like, really yeah. awesome thing that led you to the path. Of where you are now doing the thing like how, how did that all fall into place where it led you to where you are right now doing this like from that scalping yeah. thing into you making know, the movie 
yeah, well, you know, you write about what you know. I mean, obviously, right. I had to apply myself and, mm. and, and learn about editing, uh, learn about writing. They're, they're, they're four different crafts. Most people ideally get into one particular craft and they go with that. You're an actor, you go with acting. Maybe you work up to being a producer after 20 years. Um, you know, being a writer or a director, those are crafts. Those take years and years and years of uh, learning and understanding. And they're, they're different languages, but all in English. So, you know, I had to learn the language of a director, of a writer, of a producer, of an actor. And, and I had, a, you know, basically, you can only write about what you know unless you do the research. If I was going to write about, you know, a, a, a doctor and what happened in his life, and if he was a famous doctor, I'd have to read his book, do the research, figure out, you know, how to open his story up. So I wrote about scalping because I was a ticket scalper. And, yeah, when I was a kid, someone gave me a ticket. And as soon as they gave it to me, someone grabbed me by the shoulder and was like, hey, do you want to sell that? And I was like, uh, I thought about it. And they were like, I'll give you 20 bucks. So I sold it. I played video games. The following <laughs> Celtics game, I went down there and there was thousands of people on the streets, you know, inside the Boston Garden. And I just went around with my finger like this. Anybody have a ticket? I need a ticket. And some lady was like, hey, I have one. I was like, um, are you giving it away? She was like well you know she gave it to me next thing you know i sold that ticket for 50 bucks played more video games i went home with 30 <laughs> cash i just kept doing it and then at some point i had like 80 bucks cash i figured out like i did this at like 12 and 13 and 14. but when i became 16 and 17 i couldn't be that little cute kid who didn't reach puberty anymore and go can i have that, can I have that ticket I had a fucking mustache, you know what I mean? <laughs> they were like, yeah, you can have it for 40 bucks. At that point, being street smart, like you said, I could go, 40 bucks, cut the shit, let me give you 20. They'd give it to me for 20, and I'd go around the corner, and I'd sell it for 60. That's $40 profit. If I did that five times in a day, I made 200 a day. At some point, I did that 15 times a day. And I could make anywhere between $600 and $1,000 a day at age 17. So here I am at 17, 18, 19, driving a brand new BMW convertible, living in the projects, wearing brand new sneakers, you know, jackets, shirts. I had a cell phone when I was 18, and it wasn't a bag phone or a brick phone. It was fucking, it looked like Maxwell Smart at Get Smart. It was a, this big, the first Nokia made, and people thought I was crazy in cuckoo because nobody even know that that piece of technology existed. So I'd actually be on the phone and they would be like, what is this guy doing? But I was really on the phone, driving my BMW on the phone, doing a ticket deal, talking to a concierge at the Marriott going, Hey, what's up? How many guys you got coming in? Oh, you got two people flying in tonight from Texas. Yeah. They're playing the Dallas Mavericks, the Celtics. Yep. They want floor. All right. I can get them. They're two fifty each. Meanwhile, I could get the tickets for 100 each. I was making a buck 50 profit per ticket. Sometimes, you know, I could make 2,000 a game. Some days you'd have bad games. You take the good with the bad. You might only make 30, 40 bucks because the Celtics are playing the Washington, you know, bullets at the time who couldn't win a game or haven't won a game in 15 years and nobody's paying 150 bucks to play. Yeah. So you could take a loss, you could take a win. Bottom line is I know this world better than anybody. You know, there was a lot of, you know, 
street guys and street hustlers and dangerous guys that were in and out of prison that were ticket scalpers. I had a lot of street fights and fist fights over territory down there. Sure. And everybody was drugged out. So like at the end of the day, I was able to write a movie about it and find some real characters that are close to that world to play these characters. And, um, you know, I had a lot of fun making this movie, man. I really did. Yeah. It's, the, it's the 10th year anniversary. And when I first put the movie out, it was back when we were making DVDs. So what I did is I created a website. I made DVDs. I made T-shirts. I told people, go on the website, buy the T-shirt, and I'll give you the movie for free. And people did it. I sold a couple thousand copies. And, uh, you know, it died down like every other thing does. And I didn't stay on top of it. And I went, you know, taking care of my kids and dealing with my career. But this is the 10th year anniversary, and things are more easier. I don't have to put a T-shirt and a DVD in a package and, and run down the post office and mail it out to somebody in Louisiana. What I can do now is I can, I can stream this film right on Vimeo on a platform where you can just go on, sign in, and put your credit card through and watch my movie. And that's what people are doing right now. So as technology, excuse me, as technology has grown, I've, I've grown with it. It's also like passion projects like that too, you know, ones that are very important to you. I mean, how many times did you listen to an album when you were younger and then like oh, yeah. three years later, you're like, where the hell was this song? You know what I mean? So like times change, people's perceptions change. You know what I mean? Someone could see this movie, call you and even be a friend and never watch it. Like, dude, why don't you tell me the thing? I did, you know, I love that movie now. You know what I mean? So it is cool that technology's changed. You can do that right now. Yeah, a lot of people ask me, you know, it's like hit me on Twitter or DM me. A guy recently DM me and he was like, hey, man. Uh, and this is like what influenced this, actually, because I just put scalpers up like, I don't know, 10 days ago. We made a trailer. My buddy Jay Douglas is an editor. He made the trailer. But like a lot of people were hitting me up saying, hey, I read Kevin's book and, um, you know, I never saw scalpers. How can I see it? And I was like, wow, you know, let me figure it out. And then like one day I go, why am I streaming this? And I just went through the motions and spoke with my team and uh, we got it up on the streaming platform. And then I started hitting those people back, letting them know, hey, if you want to watch it, here it is. And so it gives me a chance to make my money back also, because I invested a lot of money into making this movie. I mean, we're talking feeding 30 people, you know, 20, 30 days, flying back yeah. and forth to get shots, paying a cameraman, paying an audio guy, uh, paying for an editor, music yeah. people. I mean, it, 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 it wasn't cheap, you know? I mean, I, I, $35,000 isn't a lot of money, but that's out-of-pocket investment into making a project for myself and to showcase myself. That's freaking awesome. Uh, excuse me. Which, dude, is, I mean, that's an inspiring story. I mean, just from, like, looking at your past and, like, where you came from, like, you came from the projects of Southie, and somehow you turned your life into, like, this really exciting life where, like, you're like working with and hanging out with like some of the most interesting people in the world. And now you're like starring in a movie that you're putting out. Like that's basically what this whole evolved network thing is all about. Like stories just like this. So Story. it's fan, you know, it, it's fantastic that you were able to do that. And like, you. I, I always, you. I always think to myself, like when I hear you, when I, when I was like kind of watching, like hearing you tell these stories, is there ever a moment where like, you know, you were in the departed, in like some of these movies where you, you really like look at the situation, you know, like Scorsese sitting there and he's talking about like, Hey, maybe you should do this facial expression. Maybe you should stay lying this way. DiCaprio's considering it, you know, and like you ever find yourself looking at like, Holy shit. Like I'm doing yeah. this right now. Like what? It's always after. It's always after. Like when, when the departed came up and 
you know, I, I, I was talking to Leo out here and Leo was like, you know, I'm going back to Boston and, you know, and I was like, well, you're going to get the accent down. And it was like, I was thinking about I have that I have to do that. And I was like, of course. He was like, hey, you want to come up to the house for dinner tomorrow night? And I was like, yeah. So I went up there and his cook made us food. And it was just me and him. He was like, hey, read the script. He's going out with Giselle at the time. So in comes Giselle with a couple of hot chicks and this, hey, Jay, you know, hi. <laughs> I'm sitting there reading the script, you know, and he's like, hey, I'm going to go do something. I'll be right back. So I'm breezing through the departed script. And I'm like, hey, man, this script's awesome, I said. But, you know, there's a couple things in here. I marked it up with the pencil. He's like, what do you mean? I go, well, there's a couple things that didn't really ring true Southie to me. I mean, you could be from Boston, but not get Southie. So I changed a couple of things in the dialogue and he was looking at it and he was like, oh, wow, this is cool. And he was like, I want to start working on the accent and will you help me? And I was like, yeah. He goes, and you know what? I'll, I'll send you real to Marty and maybe, you know, he'll put you in the movie. I don't know. You know, you can audition or whatever. So me and Leo worked a couple of days. And was working on the accent and just hanging out. And mind you, I've been friends with him for a long time, so I'm not super starstruck from him. He's just a regular kid and a, and a nice guy to me. We're buddies. So, like, at the end of the day, we, we jump on a private jet. We head over to New York, and I meet Scorsese with him. It's just me, Leo, in the room. And Leo had already given Scorsese the script that I mocked up. I changed some of the dialogue and changed a couple things, and it was like, geez, hey, wow, I like what you did with the script. I mean, you made it like, it, it, you did it in a phonetic way. It kind of sounded like a little more Boston because I'm from New York. I grew up on Mulberry Street. You know, I, I, you know, I know the Italian thing, but I don't really know the Irish thing. Articulate like, it, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm an Italian kid that grew up in Southie and I've been around all the real mob guys. And he was like, I understand that. I heard you lost your dad. And like, wow. He goes, well, I looked at you real and I think you're a hell of an actor. And I was like, Oh, wow. That was the nice compliment to come from him. And he was like, and I love what you're doing with the kid here. You, you know, he's really got the accent down in like less than a week, you know, and you guys. Seriously, though. Scenes. Yeah. And so I was a little more amazed after when I left Scorsese because Leo said to me, he goes, wow, Marty never really took like that to anybody. I brought him. You guys literally talked for two hours. Like Marty nice. made me three fucking coffees. Three times he was <laughs> like, how do, you, how do you take your coffee? I was like. Let me make you a coffee. He's, no, no, no. You're in my office. I make the coffees here. How do you take it? And he, I was like, I, I'll take a sugar and some cream. He goes, that's how I like mine. And we just drank and we talked about something. We talked about the neighborhood. We talked about the mentality. We talked about the culture. And, you know, I was able to lend a couple of ideas to him into the script. And they were very grateful. And they gave me a small role in the movie, but yet a big role consulting outside of the movie, which I got paid very well for. Nice. That's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, beautiful. I, I love stuff. Like, I mean, like, you know, this show, like what we created here is like, this is a space that was started out of just life. Right. I mean, just the ups, the downs, the nonsense, you know, yeah, um, yeah. like Adam, Adam's got a story. I got a story. Like, that's why we're here. This is kind of like my therapy. You know what I mean? This is my fucking <laughs> yeah. space to sit here and get to talk to people and, you know, about, all kinds of stuff, you know what I mean? Going through freaking best friend suicide, through having to retire at the age of 37 because of injuries, getting a service dog to help walk, like, you know what I mean? And going through all those veteran issues, too much alcohol, no sleep, yelling at everybody. It's not that, ah, you know what I mean? Just, <gasps> you know, yeah. I put myself through years, years of therapy and recently, finally, like months ago, like, like after five years of just mental health appointment programs out of the state went to the mvb program with nate boyer and jay glazer right out there um yeah i know jay 
I go to his gym, Unbreakable. Freaking, that's where it is, Unbreakable. The taint, they tell you it's the taint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I, when I went out there, I was like, looks like a strip joint. He's like, yeah, but in the back. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow. Uh, you know what I mean? Texas, Florida, you name it, and just that winding road. And I just kept putting myself in uncomfortable situations. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't want to be that number, you know, that my best friend, he was going through the same stuff as me. And I had to look in that mirror and every fuck up I made, you know what I mean? I apologize, bang. And it's like, there's finally people around me that, that realize like life is good. You know what I mean? Holy shit. How'd you beat that when most of the guys don't, I don't know. I just, Kept working and working and working, looking at my kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wanting them to smile every day. And <clears throat> it was just amazing. Like, that's how we created this so I could talk. I didn't like the doctors. Okay. That's one thing was like the VA doctors. It's like, man, they do push pills. I ain't having it. I don't take none of that shit. You know what I mean? I went out of it. Yeah. It's like, ugh, gross. So I take THC, CBD, get my med card, get my exercise, my dog, swim in the pool. You know, go around, try and, and motivate and help other vets. So, you know, I've, I've gone to properties to pull firearms. I've paid for a hotel, you know what I mean, for an addict that got himself all the way down to that level of suboxone. And then the hospital turned away because he was 0.2% away over a three-month period, knowing that if he left, he was going to kill himself. Sleeping with him, paying for it, bringing him back, bang, good. You know what I mean? That's, I realized I had to put myself in that place of life, what I was struggling with, in order to come out of that hole and keep staying and playing in that area. So, like, wow. that's what I admire, this is. I admire you. What a fucking story that is, man, and all that you're doing. And you know what? That is. I was homeless, too, for nine months. I came home from the military. After five months, I was homeless for nine. Oh, man. Whew. Know all you about know, it. You had a struggle, and, and you made it through. And that's why you have so much knowledge, and you're in a position to help people. I think the greatest gift we're going to ever have in life and believe me, I've been homeless also, and it's not a good feeling. I couch surfed many times, man. So you know how to stretch wrong. toothpaste and how long it'll last. Oh, no doubt, brother. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Yeah. Sucks. It's amazing what you're telling me. Look, I got 14 and a half years sober right now. I'm very proud of that. I work, I work a good program. I have sponsees. Uh, I bust my ass. You know, my day is about prayer. Uh, it's about, you know, the mistakes I made learning from them. Also, you know, I've done that fourth step and I've made amends. Uh, it's definitely not easy. But the biggest gift I'm ever going to have in this life is, like you said, being able to help people, taking a look at people and being there for them and being able to give them advice. Because that's probably why we're where we are right now, in a position where we are. We're comfortable, and um, but we're in a position to help people. Sometimes we need help still also. You yeah. Know? I started making a couple Hail Marys, you know what I mean? I realized... You know, through that, even though I was making improvements, it just felt like I was finally making the steps forward. There's just a lot of negative ones, and then they eventually just, yeah. ooh, you know what I mean? I reached out to Michael Crossland. Um, his story was very powerful, one of the wealthiest bankers in Australia. He picked up. <laughs> he picked up. I was like, whoa. You know, conversation with him. Eric Thomas reached back to me, and I realized through Create and Evolve Network, like what we're trying to do myself is – you know, show people that anybody can heal through this, but you have to do it through media, right? So you got to create the videos and stuff like that. So we got a team we're working with and people want to see those stories and, you know, you got to have a team of people to make those. And, and it's not just about yourself, you know, it's about everybody's pain and healing and shit. So that's what we're trying to do, man. You know what I mean? That's Every great, freaking day, you know, try and grind them. Dynamite. Absolutely, man. And, uh, 
I was kind of wondering, like, how how did you get? I know you were saying, like, you know, in your story, like you kind of came up with like the Wahlburgers, Wahlburgers, the Wahlburgs. <laughs> did you just say that? Yeah, you make it me hungry. Slip. They got that restaurant called Wahlburgers, uh, the Wahlburgs. You know, and you grew up in the, that same neighborhood. You were actually in a group with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, before I think he blew up with uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yeah, well, I grew up in Southie. Yeah, I grew up in Southie, which is an Irish enclave. And then you got a part of Savin Hill that is also a very much an Irish yep. enclave. And Mark grew up there in Savin Hill. Yeah, about about a mile away from me or so, mile, mile and a half. And, you know, I knew Mark growing up um, because uh, my brother Anthony was very good friends with Mark's older brother, Bob. Uh, great actor also, Bob. And um, there was a relationship there. There was a connection there. Bob, being from Dorchester, could come over to Southie without any hiccups or headaches, any fights, any problems, because he was with kids from Southie, and vice versa. We could go over to Dorchester without that rivalry and there being an issue or a problem. And uh, just so happens that Donnie Wahlberg, you know, being a new kid on the block, his career took off. He did really well. Uh, you know, he created the fan base brought Mark into the fold. And because, you know, I had a relationship with that family and then through my brother, I became friends with them. Mark and I, uh, over the years, were friends and knew each other for the breakdancing scene and, and then the rap scene. And then I hooked up with Mark out here in LA and I was working on a solo record deal after uh, a couple um, groups I was in in Boston, you know, being nominated for the Boston Music Awards and making a name there. Things didn't happen the way I wanted, so I came to LA. After hooking up with Mark out here, we um, started a group called One Love. It was Mark's idea. He wanted to do this multicultural group with one of his buddies from uh, the Funky Bunch, this other kid from Dorchester, myself, and a couple other guys. And, uh, you know, we went on tour. We traveled around, you know, Europe and made a lot of songs. And right around then, Mark's acting career started to, like, really boom. I mean, it was skyrocketing with the fear basketball diaries and boogie nights and then he kind of dropped out of the music scene and when he did i was already pursuing like commercials and acting on my own and i nailed a tv show nailed some modeling gigs and some commercials and i was well off on my own i knew i could do it and i took the initiative upon myself to make some things happen and then just being around Mark, a lot of wonderful opportunities had actually arisen. Uh, one of them was my first movie, Southie. And I met the guys through Mark and actually the writer-producer. Yeah, I knew as a kid and we didn't realize that we were sitting in L.A. together 20-something years later. And we're like, wait a minute, how do I know you? Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, I get in the movie. So, yeah, so good stuff with Mark out here and that whole transition. And then you guys know, you know, I was a part of the entourage and I lived in the house with Mark. And they spun a TV show off of that. Uh, I used a lot of uh, stuff from my real life, and they did a really nice job doing that, too. They made a great TV show and had a lot of success. And, uh, you know, Mark's team, uh, Steve Levinson, guys like Doug Allen, Rob Weiss, they were involved in uh, taking that show to the next level. Really good writer, directors, producers. And I, I got the a first lesson uh, uh, in TV and how to make a TV show. So that was very beneficial to me and for where I am now, considering I have uh both tv and movies in development right now nice that's awesome dude that sucked when the entourage ended i mean but you have to end those good shows at a certain time you know you just do i wish they didn't make the movie till now like why did they make the movie a year or two i think they made the movie too soon too soon yeah yeah 
like yeah. they should have made the movie now like let people grow up and wonder about the guys let the guys run around and do what they do in their everyday life some of them have had some good success like i stay in touch with adrian grenier and uh, kevin conley's a dear friend of mine and stay in touch with him as well and doug allen is a dear friend of mine i'm in touch with him but i wish that doug wrote a script like maybe next year and then it could be like you know i want to see these guys with gray hair or like you know turtles married now or yeah. you know it's almost like it was yeah. like almost like the eighth season all compiled into a one and a half hour movie and it just that didn't work you know yeah i wish i could have told them like hey it's not going to work i mean i would wait five years like i want to see adrian come back with gray hair and he's not an actor anymore he's a reality star and that would be funny you know what mm -hmm. i mean and then like like the most successful guy out of everybody is like you know turtle he owns 43 pizza parlors or something weird you know what i mean and it could be like reverse <laughs> roles uh, like yeah i've always had great ideas for that show but like they did what they wanted to do they, they you know it wasn't a success which is unfortunate but in the grand scheme of things is it's actually a huge success period yeah. end, you know yeah just the movie didn't do as well as they probably would have liked it to do but nonetheless, drama. great guys, and they, they kicked ass. They didn't like that. I miss drama's character. <laughs> I fucking, it's just, that character, I just, I mean, you could just, all of us can see just a small part of ourselves in that character, but we would stop, and he just keeps going. It's like, oh, week to week, that character would just get me. That was great. Yeah. Kevin Dillon created that character, in a sense. I mean, it was loosely based on Johnny Alves, whose nickname is Drama, but they also used and implemented a lot of my real-life events and happenings into that character. And, you know, I would sit down with the writers, and they would use stuff from my life. But, like, Kevin Dillon is just – he's one of a kind, you know? I mean, his reactions, his thought process, his delivery – uh, he is Johnny Drama in that character, and I think he takes all the credit in the world for that. He's really uh, a special guy and, and and a different kind of guy. You know, he's the guy like, hey, what do you mean? You know, he, he gives those looks and talks <laughs> under his breath and, and all that shit. Like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, what's he fucking talking about? Like, he made that fucking character, man. He yeah. really did. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. one of my faves, too, also. Yeah, there's some authenticity to that show that just like can't be matched. It just, it just seems so just like real, and and I know yeah. you were saying like in um in scalpers like you use like if you need a drug dealer or a drug addict for like uh, the role like you got an actual drug addict, and like if you needed like a tough guy like you got an actual tough guy from Southie, yes. and you needed a mob boss you got like a real actual mob boss. But so, like there's this authenticity exactly. that goes along like. You know, I feel like that's a different thing. Like, you know, I watch soap opera sometimes with my mom, you know, I'm that guy. And there's just, this just seems to be this just like, this just air of just like, you know, Joseph, how could you? Like, that's your brother's <laughs> wife. And you just don't believe him. And it, it's, yeah, it's, mechanical. it's refreshing. Yeah, it's mechanical. Yeah. And it's refreshing to, to see that kind of thing. And that you have the balls to honestly put like people like this on camera and, and express the realness. Cause that's what people are trying to feel. When you watch a movie, you're trying to connect with the character. You're trying to feel yeah. this. And when you have this actual real people, there's no denying it. Like you can't. You know what's funny? There's some people that probably don't even know that it is real people though. You know what I mean? It's like, you just get the random person. And it's like, <laughs> you know, 
You know, when, because because of the casting idea that I had to cast a lot of the real people, which, by the way, I think they all make me look good. They all did a great job. And I created yeah. a lot of things on the fly for these people, and they were amazing. But uh, nonetheless, um, the way I shot the film, I almost shot it uh, with this kid, PH, who, who's a great cameraman and a great DP. He's a very talented guy. And uh, the, the way we shot it was very documentative style. A lot of like zooming in and zooming out and to make it feel non-traditional. I didn't want it to mm. feel like a movie where a lot of like the way they shoot traditional movies is they start with a master shot around like, you know, a 40 or 50 millimeter lens. And then they start to move in closer where they swap out the lenses and go like 35 millimeter or, you know, you know. 25 millimeter until they get into extreme close-ups which can be you know a very high millimeter lens like an 85 to get like uh like a close-up shot like like this close you know and um you know we chose to shoot it documentative style so it would feel real like wait is this a movie or is this a fucking documentary and you know documentaries are real the action is happens It, it it unfolds in front of you like like the show cops, you know, they hear a car crash and the camera swings to a fucking car. They're like, oh, you can't, you, you, and it zooms in. Like you can't, talk. it's, it's real. So that's what I tried yeah. to do with the movie is give it a feel as if like when you're watching it, like people go, whoa, like, what is this? I wanted them to think it was a documentary and that like we were actually documenting and, but, um, you know, we pulled it off and it was, it's pretty cool. I'm really proud of it because I, you know, my, my partner Gordon Michael scored, the music and did all the composing and all the music for it, which he's really dynamite. He's so talented. But I wrote and produced a bunch of rap songs and performed them and layered them into the movie. So I showcased my music and my my ability as a rap artist, as well as being an actor and uh, being the guy behind the camera, you know? So I got to do a lot of things that I love to do in one project, you know? That's yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, so. Yeah, had a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again. You know, I directed another movie. Um, I made it for $625,000. It's got Taryn Manning, Tatiana Ali. Yeah, it's a bigger Ooh. movie. It's got Leslie Warren. She's Academy Award nominee. Also has Brett Cullen. He was one of the main guys in Joker. He played the politician. Um, and then, you know, it's got John Beasley and a few other people. And um, Sterling Knight, a few other people. Eric Hover. Um we're in the middle of trying to sell that movie. It's about a dad that gets Alzheimer's disease. So now that I'm done with that, I'm moving on. I'm talking to my team about shooting the next movie. I want to raise the scale again. So $35,000 movie to a $625,000 movie. Now I want to go for like three to $5 million and get even yeah, bigger man. actors. I've been, yeah. I've been talking, I talked to Ray Liotta and he was like, Hey, put something together and let me know. And, you know, I would show up for you, you know, if things worked out the right way. There's a lot of work to do. They're going to love the role, the script. The money's got to be yeah. there to accommodate things like that. So, like, that's what I'm working on currently is trying to evolve, trying to go to the next level. But, look, being sober, uh, you know, being available to my sponsees, uh, staying on top of my game. I work out every day. Uh, I'm diligent with the craft. Um I'm just doing all and everything that I can. I just leave the rest up to God, you know? I mean, I'm just pushing along, you know what I'm saying? You know, it is what it is. It's a tough business, and it's a grind. And you got to constantly connect dots. So, But to me, that's that's like 
those stories, those impactful stories, man, that's the hunt. You know what I mean? It's the hunt. It's just, I can't, I could be doing anything throughout the day and I'm like, okay, where's the next story here that we can, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's the hunt, you know, that's, yeah. that's what's you so. Guys got a, yeah, you guys got your work cut out for you. No question. I'm sure you guys are probably staying up to date on current events. Who's who, what's what, what's going on. Probably trying to produce your next show like this one. And uh, yeah, I think what you're doing is great, man. I really appreciate you guys, you know, having me on the show. Um, you know, on my Instagram, there, there's a link in the bio. So at scalpers, the movie or at Jay Giannone, there's a link in the bio. People can click on it if they want to check out the movie. Or I'm not sure if you can just go to like Vimeo.com and type in scalpers or Jay Giannone films or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, hopefully some people would want to check out the movie and, um, you know, see the hard work that I put into it. Definitely, man. Definitely. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's what the passion for the story is like. It's in the process, you know? It's, yeah, it I love is. that stuff. I really do. Um, I want to thank you for coming on, man. You know what I mean? I know you got a busy schedule. You had a long day the other day. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know when you're going to be back in the, back in the area again, but if you ever want to link up, have a cup of coffee, shake a hand, share a story. Yeah. Oh man, I would love to. Yeah. You guys follow me. Keep, keep just staying in tune with me. I usually post when I'm, you know, traveling or I'm going to come around because, you know, I would like to connect with you and, uh, with people back home and everything and especially positive people like you guys. So, yeah. So uh, you There's know, a lot more to that story. And I just know someone like yourself is going to go, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still here and I love it. And I'm smiling. And I actually said the other day, my wife was like, what are you smiling for? I was like, it's been a long time, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I'd love to love to bend your ear for, for an hour one day, if ever possible. I would appreciate it. Sounds good. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys for having me. Yeah, Yeah, so Sean, I appreciate you. Uh, Great show. Great to get out there and and you know inform people about you know the the steps that I've taken and the reasons why I am where I am. And I appreciate guys like you guys, you know, pushing the story forward and helping me to promote the movie. And uh, let's do it again on the next project. I got seven movies coming out right now, and I'm very excited about them. So we should probably down the line do something else. Absolutely, my man. Definitely. I'll, I'll pay attention to your stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll bend your ear. You know, when I see maybe you get some time, something like that, a little bit down the road. Um, you know, cause I got a, I got a project I'm working on. That's, it's like my end of the process. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, that's it. It. yeah that's it's awesome. Good. Thank you very much for coming on, dude. Um, truly appreciate it. Um, we're going to share your stuff, you know, um, after we get off here and stuff like that. I mean, it's live, but we'll just keep pushing what you have going on. Love the story. You know what I mean? Love that. Put my Instagram up. Let people know the link for the movies in the bio. Maybe a couple people might want to watch it or, you know, if you can, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll put it on all our pages, man. Yeah, let's stay in touch. I'll be be back there soon. I got to run to Boston, like, in the next, like, three weeks. And I got to run to New Jersey. I'm producing a movie and acting in a movie in New Jersey called Jersey Bread. I'm excited about it. And um, so I got to kind of – I got to make three runs. I got to do this whole Boston – New York, New Jersey. Then I got to go to my apartment in Atlanta real quick. And then before, then I'll run back to LA and then get ready to go shoot in Jersey. So we're just procuring sites out there right now and um, locking down, you know, a lot of locations and people and it's a process, you know. Nice. Nice, man. Like I said, thank you very much. Much love. Thank you. Um, God bless. Thank you for coming on. Adam, you got anything, brother? 
No, just I want to reiterate that, man. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate, uh, you know, the art that you're putting out there and the story that you inspired people to help hopefully follow in those footsteps and follow their dreams. And man, you know, Adam was excited. He, Adam was excited. So like, oh, we, yeah, have, totally. we have different approaches the way we like, I'm, totally. I'm that person that like, I know who you are. Right. But I, I like going, hi, for the first time. Hey, what's up? You know what I mean? Where he loves yeah, yeah. going. He was like, so excited about your story. He was like, Dude, do you know? Yeah, I go. Yeah, I deep, but we dude. have different styles, you know. That's what makes yeah. this work. Yeah, sure. Very cool. Yeah, well, so thank absolutely. you. Thank you for coming on, man. That's fantastic. Thank you. All right, everybody. We will be back Tuesday. Let me know when uh, you're gonna put through. it out. Yeah, well, it's it's up right now. It's it's getting streamed to some people right now. So, and then we reshare. We have a bunch of stuff we do to send it. Yeah, yeah I'll tag I'd like you. To reshare it and get it out to my. You know, I got like a twenty thousand fan base. I'd like to get it out to everybody so they can. You know, see what we're talking about, and hopefully it inspires yeah. people. I'll sure. hit you up on on Facebook, and then we just bing bing. Yeah, get me either on Twitter or Instagram. I don't even have a Facebook. There's a bunch of fake pages out there. Actually. Good because I'm getting tired of it myself. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, man. We will definitely do that. Much I love, brother. Appreciate. It. We'll talk right, soon. Guys. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Peace. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.